You're listening to a podcast from Oasis Church Bath. To find out more about us, visit our website at www.oasisbath.org. So, now, please welcome to the stage our guest for this morning. This is Bishop Paul Bays. Here you go. And you're more than arm's length away, so I definitely can't take that off you. Hello, everyone. Thank you very much. Welcome. Hey, Paul, thank you for joining us. Um, Would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to be in Bath? Hello, friends. It's good to be here. We live in Bath. Um, Me and Kate. Kate's sitting at the back there. Um, I I wore my... This is my Superman moment. I I, I wore my T-shirt just to indicate where I'm at at the moment. It says... I don't want to, I don't have to, you can't make me, I'm retired. And uh, I retired from the ministry of the Church of England about 18 months ago. Before that, I was working for 40 odd years in that that ministry, I did all kinds of stuff, I was a vicar. Um, I, I worked for the archbishops in London on the kind of civil service of the Church of England. And in 2010, they asked me to become a bishop in our church. Um, and I did that job for 14 years in two places, in Hertfordshire, just north of London, and then for eight years in Liverpool. And uh, before that, um, um, I, I was a, um, a, a church kid. My dad was involved in the church and my mum. And uh, so, so I was kind of cradle Christian. But when I was a teenager, I had a nervous breakdown. My mum wasn't very well, and in the end she passed away. And, and I, 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 I kind of had a... Um, a crisis, crisis of faith, and 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 I came. I was in Birmingham at that time at university, and and I came um, in that crisis to talk to two guys. My my first degree was in drama. That's what I did. I was going to go and work for the BBC, and um, and I had this crisis of faith, and 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 then I had a nervous breakdown, and they were tranquilizing me and stuff. And, and just at that time, the drama department, we did a course with the Department of Theology. So there were two professors of theology who came and worked with us in the drama department. And they were smart people. They were thoughtful. They were intelligent. They were questioning. And I thought, actually, it's possible to be a Christian and to be like these people. So, so they helped me. They themselves helped me. And I came back to faith, to a, a, a more questioning faith. Um, and that's what, and that was in, that was in 1976, before most of you here were born, and and uh, and, and the rest is history. Thanks, Claire. <laughs> Thanks for wrapping that up. Can you can you do us that sort of um, potted history of your career? So how did you go from there, sort of into ministry, yeah, and then a, how do you ultimately it, become Bishop of Liverpool? It's a mystery, isn't it? I was going to go, I, I was going to go into the BBC, be a script editor, and then a director. And they interviewed me and they said, yeah, you can do that, but you'll have to wait a year. And in that year, I had this breakdown that I was talking about. And I thought, actually, maybe there are some things you can do that will help people more. Um, I'm not knocking the entertainment industry, but maybe maybe there are things that you can do that would help people more directly. Um, So I thought about what they might be. And and in the end, I decided that, that Christian ministry was a good one because it meant that you were connecting with people at all different points in their lives. Points of great delight and joy, points of great suffering 
loneliness, isolation. You were with people in all those things. So that's what I wanted to do. And, and um, so I candidated for ministry. Uh, in the Church of England, the way you do that is you have to have references written by a bunch of vicars. And I didn't know any vicars. So, so they said, well, you're going to have to go to a few churches. So I kind of, I, I, normally it's two churches and two churches worth of vicars will write your reference. But I had to go to six churches because nobody knew who I was. And I still think, Claire, that I managed to fool them, really, to get myself accepted into ministry. And then, and then I trained in Birmingham. Um, and, and, and then I went up to Whitley Bay in the northwest to be an assistant minister in a local church. And then I went down to London to be a university chaplain. That was great. I enjoyed that. Long holidays. And, and, um, and, and then I, I, I was a vicar for 20 years. Um, and, and then after that, I went to work for the archbishops as a policy advisor in mission um, um, because of the things we'd done in my church. So we'd planted churches. We'd done small group church. We'd done stuff like that. And, 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 and then this job came up, and, and, and I thought, I know about this. I know how to do this. So I applied for it, and they gave it to me. That was in 2003. Um, and I did that job for six years. And then you, you can't apply to be a bishop in the Church of England. They've got to ask you. So I got this, I got this, this message saying, um, the Bishop of St. Albans wants to know what your address is, what your home address is. They rang me up in March. And I said to myself, he's not asking this so I can be on his Christmas card list. It's March. So I gave my address and then I waited for a letter and I got a letter and it said, we'd like to interview you to be the Bishop of Hartford, which is in, which is in St. Albans Diocese, an assistant bishop. And I got interviewed and uh, um, uh, b b became a bishop there. At uh, that time I was living in Bath because when we were working for the Archbishop, you can live where you like. Um, uh, but then when you become a bishop, they, they, I had to take a substantial pay cut to go and be a bishop, but they do give you a free house. And, and it's normally a big house. And when I became a bishop again, they gave me a free palace, which is really great. Um, <laughs> anyway, so, so we let the house, knowing that we'd come back here to retire. And I spent four years in Hertfordshire, eight years in Liverpool. Um, um, again, to be a, to be a bishop in, in a diocese like Liverpool, the, you have to wait for a phone call. And I got one, and, and, and I went to be interviewed by the, the, by the then Archbishop of York, Archbishop Sentamu, who's a Ugandan guy by descent. And, um, and that was on April Fool's Day I was interviewed. So there are people in Liverpool to this day who will tell you that that explains a lot. And, and um, on the 2nd of April, he rang me up. He said, we'd like to offer you the role of being the Bishop of... L he did that as far as he got. And I said, yes, please. Because Liverpool is such an amazing place. And, and, um, and, and for eight years, uh, I, was, I was privileged to be there. Um, yeah, so that's me. Was there, were there any differences between the kind of the two places that you've been bishop? Was there the yeah, Hertfordshire's rich and Liverpool's poor. Um, in, in, in Hertfordshire, you get a lot of commuter belt, north of London commuter belt. You get a lot of big churches. There isn't very much imagination in the Church of England about the way you should be the church because everybody's doing just fine. A lot of the churches are large and successful. You've also got places like Watford and Luton. So there are places of substantial poverty, deprivation, and, 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 and that combination. But, but the centre of gravity of the church is quite... I mean, they're, they're good people and they work very hard, but they don't have to work very hard about ways of being the church. But in Liverpool... The church is in... So there are 42 dioceses in the Church of England, 
And Liverpool, in, in terms of inherited wealth, that's the, everybody thinks the Church of England's rolling in it, and in some places it is. So in one diocese, the top diocese on this list of 42, um, um, if you take the amount of money they've got in the bank and divide it by the number of worshippers, it comes to 90 quid per worshipper. But in Liverpool, it came to 60p per worshipper. And we were the poorest diocese in England. And the 41st, the next one up, had twice as much money as we did. So we were right down the bottom. Because the big church in Liverpool is the Roman Catholic Church. The largest group of Christians in Liverpool City are lapsed Catholics. The second largest group are practicing Catholics. And the third largest group are Church of England people. So it, the, the, there was a lot of, there was a need to be creative and to get alongside people and, 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 to, and to try and see what it meant to be a follower of Jesus in this difficult context. And that's why I, I just loved it there. Yeah. Thank you. Just going back a little bit to when you were an advisor for mission, it's something, it's one of those words, I think, we talk a lot about language kind of as a church leadership team and, and in, in the wider context as well and kind of how things take on different meanings within a deconstruction context and from people's experiences there are sort of trigger words and I think that might be one of them. And it's kind of, so what does, what does mission mean for you and kind of what, how has that changed kind of through what you've done and where you've been? Thank you. Yeah, I mean, there are trigger words, and, and the, the, I mean, my full title in that role was the Mission and Evangelism Advisor, and if you want a trigger word, try evangelism. Yeah, that's the other one. That's, that's, one, <laughs> that's one that really pulls the trigger for a lot of people, because we've all got horror stories of, of uh, misplaced evangelism, of people who think that by saying a, a particular form of words, uh, if someone else hears those words, then it's their problem that they're not a Christian, it's not your problem anymore. So when I lived in London, um, uh, I was walking down um, um, uh, Harley Street, where all the rich doctors are. I wasn't going to the doctors. I just happened to be walking down there. And a guy was coming towards us on a bike. And, 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 and as he was coming, he was shouting. And, and, I, and he was in the distance, so I couldn't hear what he was saying. But it came over, Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. And what he was doing, he was preaching out of Romans chapter 1 um, on this bike at, at sort of 25 miles an hour. So, so, so everybody, when he got to the end of the road, presumably he thought, I've preached the gospel now to 500 people down Harley Street. But each individual only heard that. And, and if that's evangelism, no wonder people don't want to know about it. So, so I can understand people who turn their backs on a particular way of sharing faith. Mission is a bigger word, and, and, it, and it can embrace a lot. And I, and I, I like the, the idea that people might know about God's love. And, and I like the idea that people might know about Jesus. So in Liverpool, we had a, they've still got it. The, my successor has not changed it. We, we had a strapline, and it was... Um, uh, we're asking God, that was the first thing, we're not making anything ourselves, we're asking God for a bigger church to make a bigger difference and then we said, more people knowing Jesus, more justice in the world and that justice, J Jesus and justice, that was what mission was in my judgment. So this place, I, I didn't know, oh, it's Steve Chalk, I, I know Steve and, and he, he said, you know, when you move to Bath, go and check them out in Oasis Bath and and I, and I looked you up, and, and it said Oasis Neighbourhood Hub that included Oasis Church, and I thought that was great, because it talked about making a difference in the society that you're in, both through the joy of your own discipleship and through uh, meeting people's needs where they're needy. 
and, 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 and all of that counts as mission for me. And, and it did when I, when I was the mission advisor. That, that was what I tried to do, was to tie together uh, ju justice struggles um, um, with, with people not being ashamed of being Christians. You touched a little bit on about your kind of faith experiences when you were at university and before. Um, has your kind of, has your faith, or how has your faith kind of changed or expanded? Have you kind of changed your viewpoints on some stuff or you were like, no, this was, this is where I was all along? So I was converted to the Christian faith by two professors of theology, like I said earlier. So, so I've never had, I've never had a suspicion of or a fear of thinking. Um, um, I mean, that's always been, it, 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 I knew people who thought hard and their lives were grounded in their faith and the, and the, and the thinking didn't challenge the faith. Uh, uh, in, in, our, in, our, in, our, in my own church, Church of England, um, th there's, a, there's a, 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 an ascendancy at the moment of conservative uh, uh, religion. I, I don't have a problem with that. People who are conservative can be conservative. The, 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 the trouble with that is that you, you, they then be, you, you then begin to draw lines between the community of faith and everybody else. You, you, you begin to say, I've drawn this line and now in, in order for you to be a proper believer, you're gonna to have to cross this line and, 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 and this line is, it contains all the various doctrines that I think are important. So you've got to agree with those before you come over the line. And I never, that, that, that is not the way it works in the Church of England. Nobody can be a member of the Church of England, you just rock up to churches. And, and, the, and the, the, the idea that we're there for everyone and that everyone, the stirring in everyone of the spirit is something that can be celebrated no matter what language they use for it. That, that, that is something that I have not changed my mind about since the days when I was desperately trying to find some meaning in life and, and, I, and, I, and I realized that other people believed in a God who, who, who was loving. So you've got your present course, this course on original blessing and, and, and I... It, it, you know there are there are there are expressions of the Christian faith that, that that major on on the fact that the first thing you need to do is feel bad about yourself before you can turn to God and then feel better about yourself. I've never, frankly, seen the point of that. The 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 you know the phrase original sin it appears in our foundation documents in the Church of England, but I've, 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 never, I've never majored on that feeling. You know, how bad do you feel about yourself? Do you feel really bad about yourself? Because unless you do, I can't tell you any good news. I've never believed that. It's, it's always seemed to me that people's lives are rocky, P people have problems, people face illness, they, they, they face material poverty, they, they, they've got all kinds of issues in their lives. They don't need me to tell them that on top of all that, God doesn't like them. That, that, that's, that's not it. The question is, how do you meet people where they're needy? And, and also, how do you affirm and build them up? And that's something that ever since I became a believer, desperately wanting to make sense out of my own life, that, that that's what I've tried to do, is to share that sense-making with other people. I think when we talked a couple of weeks ago, you did describe yourself as being a bit of an anomaly within the Church of England. So how do you kind of reconcile that sort of the belief that does massively reflects kind of how we feel here and all of the stuff that we've been unpacking over the last few weeks. How do you kind of reconcile that with being a figurehead in an organisation which yeah. publicly is kind of not there? 
Yeah, I mean, the Church of England publicly is not anywhere. I mean, it's in chaos. It's, it's, it, we, we fight like cats in a sack. That, that's, that, there are worse ways to be a Christian. You can be the kind of Christian where nobody dares to say anything different from what anybody else says. If you're a bishop, you're, 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 you know, I had responsibility for 150 churches in Liverpool and, and for 200 ministers. And, 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 and having responsibility for those people means that I try to care for them, to feed them in their spirit, to, to, to make sure that all the practical things about their ministry could be dealt with. But that didn't mean I had to agree with them all because sure as eggs, they did not agree with each other. So there are people who believe, you know, that, that, that if you went into their church, you think, oh, this is a Roman Catholic church. There are others you go into their church, you think, oh, this is a Pentecostal church. Church of England can take on the colouring. It's a chameleon church. The colouring of all different kinds of being, ways of being a Christian. Um, and, 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 I, and, I'm cool, and I was cool about that in, in my working life because it seemed to me that the other thing I could do is, is have an opinion, is have a point of view. Now, I do know colleagues of mine who are bishops, working bishops now, and people who've retired, who think that because you've got to be there for everybody, you really shouldn't let anybody know what you think. Because kind of like, a, bit, a bit like the present prime minister, really. The, 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 uh, whoever talks to you, um, uh, take on their shape, agree with them until they've gone out, and then someone else comes in, you can agree with them. Um, uh, you, you, you know, like a cushion, you take the shape of the person who sat on you last. And, 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 and that's one way to be a bishop, but it never seemed to me very helpful that you should do that. So I had opinions about a number of issues, for example, inclusion in the Church of England, in particular around poverty, because I came from the Northwest, and um, LGBT plus issues. And, 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 and I did not mind speaking out about that, and I became a, a, a trustee of an LGBT plus charity, which is where I met Steve Chalk's colleague, Joy Madeiros, and, and Joy and I served together on that, on that piece. And, and, and people would say to me, hang on, you're a bishop, you're not supposed to have a point of view. And, and, and my line was, I'm going to be there for everyone, whether or not I agree with them. I'm, I'm, I'm going to make sure within the laws of our church that, that they are cared for, even if I disagree with them. But they are going to know what I think. Because it says in, in the promises that you make when you're a bishop, and it says in the scripture, um, that you're supposed, the bishops, in the, in the promises it says, bishops are supposed to, kn to know their people and be known by them. So we had, had 30,000 regular attenders at the churches in the Diocese of Liverpool. No way could I get to know them all. I, I did my best to get to know our vicars, but there were 200 of them. No way could I get to know them all. But one thing I could be sure of is, is that people would know what I thought. People would know me. And, 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 and what I hoped was that knowing me even disagreeing with me, we would still be able to walk together. And my line used to be, we, we can walk, we'll walk. Uh, you can tell me what you think about what we're doing, but we're walking that way. We're having, we're having Jesus and justice. Um, and, and, and until quite recently, that was okay. But now the Church of England is getting more fractious. And people are saying, if I don't agree with my bishop, I'm not going to have that bishop. I'll pick another bishop. And, and my line always used to be, you don't get to pick your parents. You know, you're, 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 you're in a family. And, 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 and if you don't agree with, with those who, are, who, 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 are, um, um, who have that role, uh, that regional role, that then, then you can talk to them about it. But you can't make them agree with you. And, and it never helps to walk away. So when I was the Bishop of Liverpool, we had a link with a church in Africa, diocese in Africa, 
but the but the tensions in the church around the LGBT issues the world church meant that that diocese felt that they could no longer be in relationship with me personally so they shut the door on our partnership and I said that that door may have been shut you've shut it but I'm not going to lock it if you want to open it again it's open it's not locked and, and 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 that was the way that I tried both to exercise ministry of oversight across a large number of differing people on the one hand and have a point of view on the other so are there more people like you or do you feel like you are still a bit of an outlier <laughs> well you know um there's some people, it's their ministry to speak out, even though sometimes you say the wrong thing. And boy, when you say the wrong thing, even if you agree that it's the wrong thing, people don't half dump on you. Um, um, so I had a, a few episodes like that where I said stuff and, and, and then I got, I got lots of offended letters from offended people telling me how offensive I was. Um, and at that point you think to yourself, maybe I should shut up. Um, and, and, and there are some colleagues who are, who, who, who's, who's, whose value of, of the church as it is is higher in their minds maybe than my own and so they, they don't speak out as, as boldly about the things they think are important. Um, but it just seemed to me on these issues that I was being called to exercise courage. Um, it sounds extremely arrogant to say that because um, uh, I wasn't particularly brave and, and, and I, I just wanted to get alongside people in need. So the reason, so when I, when I started in Liverpool, I preached a sermon about a table like the ones you're sitting on and I said that the, 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 the table of Jesus extends into every street and it extends into every household and if you sit at that table, you're welcome there. And the poor carpenter who made the table, that's Jesus, will sit beside you. So close beside you that you can't even see the, them, him. But, but, but what you can see is the people sitting opposite you on the table. And sometimes I said it's a table for thumping. And sometimes it's a table for making treaties. It's a table for different people to be together differently. And, th and that was my belief. But then the question is, where are you going to stand on an issue? Where are you going to stand? And I talked about that table before I knew that in Liverpool there was a congregation, an LGBT plus friendly congregation called Open Table. And, and Open Table Liverpool in 20, whatever, 14, when I started there, there was only one. Now there are 17 open tables across the country. Um, each one is there as an LGBT plus friendly congregation in places where there may not be that many churches or, or, or groups of Christians who are, who are open. And, and I said, it, it's for people like that, people on the edge of things, particularly in Liverpool trans people, some of whom suffered street violence because of the way they had been made by God. Tr tr the, the, the suffering people, I'm going to stand with them, I said, even if that means... That, 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 that other people tell me that, that I'm not being a good enough bishop or that I'm not being a good enough Christian. And, and the tiebreaker for me was always, who, who are you going to stand with? Um, um, and and, and, and with, with that in mind, I chose the ministry that I chose. I don't have any word of criticism for colleagues who choose to do it another way, um, uh, provided it makes sense to them. Um, um, uh, you'll have to interview them in turn. <laughs> Thank you. Um, that feels like a good point, actually. So let's take a break. Um, we'll take a 10-minute break now, refill your coffee and stuff, but you'll find um, paper and pens on your tables. So if you have any questions for Paul, please do write them down and they come up. You can either hand them to me or just leave them on the table here and we'll have a look at them in a minute. We'll get through as many as we can.
Does anyone want to do the like rocky step sprint with the final question or are we good? We good? Okay, you just get some fruit. <laughs> so, thank you so much to everyone who submitted questions. Honestly, these are the longest questions I've ever seen on a Sofa Sunday. They're amazing. So, let's start with this one. What is it about the bishopric of Liverpool that attracts non-mainstream C of E types? Can a traditional conservative C of E bishop be Bishop of Liverpool? Great stuff. Um, so my predecessor but one was a man called David Shepherd. D David, David was a, an upper crust English guy, came out of the typical bishop kind of drawer in those days. Um, but he was radicalised when he worked in East London, in North East London, with the Mayflower Centre. And, and, and then he became Bishop of Woolwich. That was his kind of little bishop's job that got him ready for Liverpool, uh, which was in uh, urban South London. And, and, and that, and that radicalised David. And then he moved up there and we had the Toxteth riots, 1980s, and, 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 and a, lot of, a, a lot of aggravation. Plus, in those days, there was still street violence between the Catholics and the Protestants in Liverpool. And, 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 and David looked around and the, the guy he found up there who was closest to him in background and in the way he thought was the Roman Catholic Archbishop, Derek. And, and so David and Derek became close friends. They went on holiday together, they just hung out. Here was a guy from the upper crust of the Church of England radicalized by meeting people on the edge of things and building friendships with people across divides. And, and I, th I think David would probably say he was a very... I mean, he, he, be, he became a permanent member of the House of Lords after he retired. So, so whether he w would describe himself as a kind of wacko radical, I'm not sure, but his, his life's experience is what did that. My predecessor was a man called James Jones. J James was another uh, high-flyer guy in the, church, in the Church of England, was Bishop of Hull, that was his little bishop's job. And, 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 then, he, and then he moved to Liverpool. And... and um, uh, for, for James, the key thing was the Hillsborough disaster in, in the 1980s in Sheffield um, um, and the way in which the, the, the national media, in particular the Sun newspaper, demonised uh, uh, Liverpool uh, football fans and, and, just, and, and said, you know, that the fact that these 96 people died there, 97 in the end, um, it, 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 it's all their fault. And James took a stand, and he was asked by the Home Office to chair an independent panel, and that meant he couldn't do much bishoping for that time. And, 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 and it was a sacrificial decision for the guy to make, but he did that. And, and, and he took a stand and chaired that panel, and that panel's results led to the inquest, which led to the exoneration of the fans in, in, in Liverpool. And, 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 and so in, in, what happens is that ordinary people get confronted with situations and they have to take a stand. And in Liverpool, David took a stand for the poor, James took a stand for the victims in Hillsborough. The stand I took was much less significant than those two guys, but I took a stand for LGBT people because I thought they were being marginalised in the church and in the nation. And, and it's not so much that the you know, wacko radicals go to Liverpool, it's that ordinary people go to Liverpool and then they get confronted with the way the world is and you've got to take a stand. My successor is a man called John Perumbalath, um, uh, the, the first ethnic minority bishop in the north of England, uh, a, a great guy uh, whose work has been, has, has been mainly around refugee work and stuff. And, and he's only been there six months, so I don't know what the stand is that he'll take. But what will happen is that he'll, he'll have to take a stand on something, he'll take a stand on that, 
and then in, in 10, 15 years, you'll be sitting on a sofa somewhere and they'll say, why is it that you Liverpool guys are all such wacko radicals? Continuing the theme of, well, politics, which slightly entered then. Um, you previously compared Boris Johnson to Trump following his slur on Keir Starmer regarding Savile. Um, what is your view of British politics and should bishops get involved? Thanks. There's, I mean, there's two questions. Should, should bishops get involved in politics and what, what do I think about politics in England? I'll do the first one first. The, the, I, I'm, I, I'm disenchanted with politics in England. I think that what's happened is that the passion that used to bring people into political life, I, I, I have a relative who used to be a, a, a member of parliament and, and, and I know that, 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 he, is, that he was not a, a kind of grasper, wanting, wanting power, he wanted to help people. And, and there was a time when that was what happened with most people and that for a time was replaced by um, um, celebrity so that the passion for people to change the world was replaced by celebrity. Boris was the most um, um, egregious example of that in my judgment. Um, um, I take the New Statesman every week and someone wrote a long article about Johnson in the New Statesman called Boris the Clown. And, and it, 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 it just compared the way in which clowns in the circus can turn upside down what, what, what is important, you know, like safety for lion tamers, stuff like that. And, and, and this man turned upside down what was important in politics. And he and Nigel Farage, and now there's a whole bunch of wannabes in the political parties, I think they have debased the currency of politics in this nation. And I think that needs to be said. And that people who get into politics because they want to change things, and that people who may not necessarily be big personalities should, should be encouraged and, and, and built up. Um, and, and it, 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 you, you know, the, the Kate and I were members, founder members of the Ecology Party in those far off days. Uh, and, and, and we worked with a man called Jonathan Porritt, who at the time was the, was the guy for the Ecology Party. Uh, and now we've rejoined the Green Party because we think that, that the environment is the biggest uh, and most significant issue in, in current day politics. But now we have a Prime Minister who's saying, hey, let's not bother with um, uh, net zero targets. Uh, uh, feel free to drive as fast as you like, because if you do that, you might vote for me. I find that a, a, a deep debasement of English politics. And the reason I think that is because I believe that people are pricelessly valuable in the eyes of God, and I think that people who stand up for their faith, no, no matter whether that is the Christian faith or in the case of a man like Sadiq Khan in London, the Muslim faith, if you stand up for your faith, it will involve you in, in, in speaking out about, about matters of public, uh, matters that consist in the public square. And, and, and that is politics. And people, I think, who say bishops should keep out of politics are A, almost always conservative, and B, wrong. Thank you very much. Thank you also for not dropping the mic, they're really expensive. <laughs> There's two questions which are sort of on a similar theme, so we'll do them together. The first is, what do you see as the future for the Church of England, both in terms of the challenges of LGBTQ plus and ageing attendees? And also, must the Church of England split to bring in full LGBTQ inclusivity and affirmation? Society is way ahead of the C of E Church on this. You might yeah. also want to take in that no, comment. I mean, those are great questions, and they overlap very well, don't they? And, and uh, you know, in November, the General Synod meets 
to decide whether it will allow the, 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 the smallest, the most nugatory advance in the welcome that the church institutionally offers to LGBT plus people um, um, in, 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 in offering prayers which can be included in other services to say we, we love you and we love your relationship and may God bless you. And that will not be an easy meeting of the synod. People will passionately disagree with it and many of them will say, if you do this, we're going to leave. So it may not be possible in the end to hold the Church of England together, but I just refer you back to what I said about our relationship with Nigeria. If people stand by the door and say, you do one more thing, we're going to leave. You can't stop them. You can't lock that door. But you can make sure that you don't lock it if they do walk out through it, that, that you can open the door again and, and can continue to talk. That, that there should be conversation across difference is something that seems to me to be of the essence of the gospel. There should be the ability for reconciliation, but reconciliation does not mean that small numbers of people can hold larger numbers of people to ransom. And the, and the, and the question for me for the church as a whole is, where, where are you looking? Are you, are you looking to the unity of the church as the supreme good? Or are you looking to the inclusion of those on the edge of things as a greater good? And for me, in my own, my own advocacy, it was the second of those two things. I don't want the church to split. I, I would love to be in relationship to everyone in the Church of England in the way that I tried to be when I was in Liverpool. There are those who say that will never happen. There are those LGBTQ advocates who say, I've had it with the Church of England. I can't bang my head against this brick wall anymore. I'm off. And I understand both of those points of view. But for me, the institutional division of the Church of England, if it happens, will be something that says to the world, we think the church is more important than the world. And I used to say, when the first sermon I ever preached as a bishop in, in St. Albans 2010, I said about the Church of England, I said, there's two things that matter for us. There's God and England. God, who never changes, and England, that changes all the time. And how do we relate to those two things? And if we get it wrong, I said, we'll get involved in the church of church. We'll just get involved in the church. The church will be what matters. God is too hard. England is too unpleasant. Let's just look at the church. And when the church gets it wrong, that's what the church does. That's why I value association with this community, with you guys. Because what you want to be is open to the changing England that we've got and trying to speak about the love of God and holding those two things together without getting all obsessed with the church. So I hope the Church of England will not split. But if doors open and people walk through them, what matters is that the doors will still be open if they want to walk back. Meanwhile, are we going to look after the poor and those on the edge of things or not? That's my question. I think you've touched on this a couple of times, but how do you how do you hold the tension between walking with people that you disagree with and speaking out and kind of challenging that discrimination so that you're not you're not complicit or you're not enabling in the harm of others? Yeah, it's not easy, friends. It's it's. You, you, I mean, you'll know that many of you have got a working context. Uh, 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 or, or a context of the wider family with, within which people that you know and walk alongside in, in your working life will disagree with you about stuff. 
or they'll or they'll have prejudice about oh you're a Christian that means you believe this or that whatever, and 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 the question is do you stay in relationship with those people or do you shake the dust off your feet and 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 I'm one of those who wants to stay in relationship with people for as long as they will stay in relationship with me. There are others who say to quote the Bible, come out from among them and be ye separate, and who want a smaller, purer outfit of people who all agree with them. And, and that is, is, is as true in my own church as it is in all the churches of the city. The, 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 the temptation is, let's put some walls up and let's live inside those walls and we can all agree with each other. And it's one tiny step from there to say what we can all agree about is that people outside the walls are wrong. There was a guy called Graham Cray, who's a bishop in the church, um, um, and, and he had a slogan, and his slogan went like this, roots down, walls down, bridges out. Roots down, walls down, bridges out. In other words, if your roots go down, then you're secure in who you are. And I have to say, friends, that the quality of teaching from Rob and from Joe and from others who teach from this platform in this church helps me to put my roots down as well as any church I've ever been part of. If your roots go down, then you're secure. If you're secure, you don't have to be frightened of people who disagree with you. Your walls can come down and the bridge can go out. What you do get, in my experience, in people who can't stand the thought of diversity is that deep down inside, if they look inside themselves, they're not sure how deep their roots are. They're not even sure if it's down at all. And so the feeling is, you know, I need, to, I need everyone to know how sure I am about stuff. Because if everyone knows how sure I am about stuff, they might believe me. I prefer people whose roots are deep, whose, whose love for Christ and for the God who loves us all, for those roots are deep. Therefore, they don't have to worry about walking with people who disagree with them. That, that, that's the vision of the church that I've tried to hold on to and still do. Thank you. Um, slightly different direction. Um, can you, not that different, it's still church. Um, can you tell us about some of the creative ways that you did church in Liverpool? Thank you. So, so, so I was a vicar for years, and, and in, those, in, those, in those years, we, we did all kinds of church planting. We planted a thing called cell church, which means, you know, small group church is the thing. What you would call micro hubs are the, are the thing. Big church is not so important. Um, um, and, and, I, and, I, and, we, and, we, and we planted new, culturally new ways of doing church. It's one of the bits of DNA about this church. It's not a liturgical church. You know, you don't have to dress in your Sunday best to get in here just as well. Um, um, the, the, those, those things in the Church of England are a bit more countercultural. But we did them, and, 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 and people came, and, and, they, and they valued sh sharing as human beings together. In, in parts of the church, I said earlier about St. Albans Diocese, there's lots of thriving and vibrant churches down there. It's really great what God is doing down there. Um, um, and, and that keeps everybody extremely busy. But in, in, the, in, the, in, in, the urban, in urban England, in particular urban northern England, that way of doing church is, is it's not going to work. It's not viable. So you have to find ways of doing church that connect with people where they are. So some of those ways involved small groups. Some of them involved um, um, the, 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 the provision, not just of food banks, but of, but of, but of justice c c community centers 
where in, in parts of Liverpool City, for example, where no other professional would be present. Uh, you know, if you want to go to the doctors, you'd have to go to the, the, the group practice two miles down the road. Uh, if you wanted a lawyer, good luck with that. You know, citizens' advice might help you in the centre. If, if you wanted a religious community, there was still one in every neighbourhood. And, 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 and we tried to say it's okay to make those communities responsive to the needs of the neighbourhood. Um, um, Open Table, which I mentioned earlier, is an example of a, of a community of people, lay-led community, which, which said, Here's, here, you know, it's led, led by a, a married couple, same-sex married couple, and, and, they, and they knew in their own lives what it was to be discriminated against, and they said, let's build a community that meets people at the need we have, so that everyone's need can be met out of a, a place of shared need. And as I said before, uh, uh, Open Table is now a, a, a network of, of communities across the country. The, the, the question always was when I was involved in the Fresh Expressions movement in our Church of England, you, you don't ask what kind of service do we want as if being a Christian is a consumer choice. You, you, you ask what kind of service can we offer? And when you know what kind of service you can offer, God may teach you what kind of worship you, 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 or, or, or fellowship or community you, you need in order to be there for others. That, 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 that was the yardstick that we used and still do. So are there any kind of just standout moments in your career? Because it was something I wanted... The other question was like, why did The Guardian write about you so often? But like, what were the standout moments of your career? Yeah, it's. it's um, I used to. I, I used to have a guy who was my communications colleague in in, in Liverpool. He used to say, "Can we f can can, they, can we find something else for them to write about than LGBT inclusion?" Not that LGBT inclusion wasn't important, but that the, the reason they picked on on writing uh, writing about me in that context was because I was a bishop speaking out on things that the rest of the church was maybe not wanting to speak out so much about. Um, the churches I loved most in Liverpool were those small, struggling uh, churches in the inner city there, places like Norris Green and Page Moss, um, um, sometimes ecumenical communities of people, um, um, led by people who themselves had all kinds of issues, poverty issues, issues of physical disability, uh, but, who, but who poured out their lives in the service of their community because they believed that what God wanted them to do. And, and it was in, it, 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 it was from them that I learned so that, so that my, my, I don't rate um, high spots in my career that would, that would be, you know, I went in the House of Lords or anything like that. It, it, it's, it's more about, I, I was able to see what, what, what God is doing. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> I was able to see that in people in one part of the area and they carry the news to the different part of the area to say, did you know what's happening over there? Would you like to learn from each other? That, 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 that's what bishops should be doing. Amazing. Thank you very much. We've kind of, we've come to the end of our time this morning. Um, I think Paul will be around for a little bit longer if you'd like to come and chat, as long as you're nice. Um, but there's the standard kind of... I'm cool. I'm cool, friends, if you're not nice. That's all right. That's I mean, fine. I tried. Um, <laughs>
But we've got a little bit of um, the standard church admin just before we go, and then I'll ask Paul to pray us out. So that's your two-minute warning. Um, So next week is Community Sunday, so there'll be no service here in the morning, although Rob and Julia will be hosting coffee and cake at their house if you would like to meet up with some people from the church family. Um, The details for that and the sign-up link are in our community news email. Um, Next Sunday evening is our community forum on Zoom. Um, The community forum is a sort of um, church meeting, church members meeting, where we share sort of updates on church life and all the stuff we kind of don't talk about on a Sunday morning. My notes just say, tell people why they should come. I think I, like, past Claire was just phoning it in at this point. But we have these meetings on Zoom so that as many people as possible can come. And it's, we're still talking about trigger words. So I think church meetings were never necessarily anyone's favourite, but this is part of the church life, and this is where you kind of see how things go together and how things work, and there is a place there for everyone. So even if you don't fancy it, maybe try, because it's on Zoom, it's for an hour, you can just turn your camera off and listen, it's fine. I'm not supposed to say that either, but you can if you want to. (laughs) Um, So the sign-up link for that is, um, the details are in the the email as well. Um, If you're not on our email list, there's a community news email that comes out every Thursday, and you can sign up on our website via the Connect form on there with the Get Involved page, or you can just come and talk to me and I'll get it sorted for you. If you're not on email, there's actually some paper copies of the email at the back on the little welcome desk. And I think that's everything. Um, So, Paul, would you like to pray us out? Thanks, Claire. Thanks. Just before I do, thank you all for your patience. That's that's really great. And we'll be around for for coffee afterwards. God, you're so glorious, and you have so much glory to share. And, and, and it's your will to lift people up and not crush them down. And I thank you that in this community there are followers of yours who want to do that. To share your love with those in need. To admit their own need and receive your love. And I pray for this community that you will continue to prosper it. And that it will indeed be blessed. That it will be close to Jesus, to the one who goes ahead of us and behind us and alongside us. And I'm going to bless you, friends, with a Church of England blessing. It's the one that we use at Easter. Because it's a quote from the Bible. The God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, come down upon you, each one, and remain with you always. Amen. You're listening to a podcast from Oasis Church Bath. To find out more about us, visit our website at www.oasisbath.org.